We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Tell me who can guard in this league. I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, February first, twenty nineteen. I'm Alex Barutha. Next to me is Shannon McEwen, and on the phone is Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, you can find it on the Rotowire website. Um, so we appreciate a nice review. Uh, today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's, it's going to revolve mostly around the Porzingis trade. Uh, we'll talk about some general other news too, but I think we'll just dive in. So yesterday the Knicks traded Chris Stapps Porzingis along with Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jorgen, Wes Matthews, a 2021 first rounder, which is unprotected, and a 2023 first rounder, which is protected one through 10. So (laughs) what had happened was uh, Porzingis asked for a trade earlier in the day 
Um, reports came out by Woj saying he was unhappy with the organization. There was a very, it was, um, it was a well, it was, it was basically just a quote that Porzingis's camp uh, leaked or the Knicks leaked that basically Porzingis called them incompetent and demanded to leave. Um, so accurate, <laughs> right? I mean, the incompetent part. <laughs> um, so DeAndre Jorgen and Wes Matthews, those contracts expire this season, which frees up huge money for the Knicks. And as a result, they have room for two max free agents this upcoming summer, uh, which is $68 million plus in cap space. There's still 10 days until the trade deadline. So that they it seems like this move was made rather quickly, um, although I hear <laughs> that they had been making this, they had been discussing things with Dallas for maybe close to a month. Um, and things just kind of came to a fruition now after Porzingis... Um, you know, stated. certainly, certainly, Dennis Smith has been on the block for a while. Oh, well it, documented, exactly. Um, so we're gonna we will take a, a a deeper look on this trade later in the podcast. But I guess when you guys heard about the trade, what was like just your first initial like just gut reaction? Mine was surprise, um, and then immediately thought that the Knicks got robbed. Sure, um, followed <laughs> by. I actually like it for both sides, and I I later will take the unend yeah I'll I'll take the position of arguing on the Knicks' behalf because I see a lot of pluses for them with this trade. Sure. Well, and I think part of your surprise, Shannon, too, was the initial news didn't include the ter- two first round picks, right? Like when we all say they got robbed, right? No, I and knew then later. Yeah, I mean, picks. I actually was behind. Oh, I mean, late. I didn't even <laughs> see it until like forty five minutes after the fact. And and any trade like this, it obviously has to include picks. So I assume there are going to be first-round picks included. Got it. My first reaction was just, there are 10 days left before the deadline. Why are you moving so fast? <laughs> you know, Porzingis and his uh, restricted free agent year have a ton of value, and Dallas makes this trade any day of the week. You're not. You're telling me that Dallas wouldn't make this trade nine days from now? You know, I, w- I would need to talk to every franchise in the NBA to make sure the Dallas offer is the best offer. I, I'm with you, Ken, and just I think we all can agree on that point. Like, it seems silly that they made the trade, you know, eight, nine, ten days before the deadline. Um, they Maybe they maybe they did shop them around a little bit. Um, my, my defense there is tell me another team – that had a lottery pick from either this this draft or last year's draft um, and would be able to create that much cap space and be willing to take on, you know, take on the extra years of Hardaway and Courtney. I don't know if there's another team that could have matched up perfectly with all of those things. Atlanta's I don't like, know, but yeah, I, just, I, I lack faith in them trying. Right. They, they, the Knicks did right. say we had other mm-hmm. offers. Um, I did see different reports from uh, New York, the Athletic in Philadelphia, saying some GMs were never had the chance to talk to New York, which I just found mind-boggling. Okay. But you have time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Again, time. but there are like there when you when you take into consideration, they're like, a we need to get all of this money from 2019, 2020. Those those Hardaway yeah. Lee contracts, we need to get those off our books. Right. Replace them with expiring deals. We need to get first round picks and we need to get a recent lottery pick back in return. Like that automatically rules out like 20, at least 20, 25 teams. Like there's a very limited pool of teams that they could even talk to about it. We will talk about uh, the trade more later. 
Uh, so we'll, let's skip ahead here for the moment. We saw LeBron James surprisingly come Woo. back last night. Woo. Any other day, that's the headline story, right? And yet this day there's like 10 headline stories. LeBron returns, beats the Clippers in overtime, 123 to 120, and a very nice LeBron line of 24 points, 14 boards, and 9 assists, so almost a triple-double. But probably most important, 40 minutes played, gentlemen. Yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, I uh, I figured he wasn't coming back until he was ready to play like his regular yeah. workload. I mean, he's not coming off the bench. He's not playing limited minutes. LeBron, just he only plays if he can play the the full game so it was surprising to see him you know like come back because he was essentially listed as out and then upgraded to doubtful and then they were like well he's playing so um, right. that, well, he that also was showed up surprising. like 10, he showed up like four hours earlier and everybody was like oh, okay something's up he's not showing up just to just to stretch more <laughs> yeah um and so i guess some some other i guess now that LeBron's back, um, there's going to be some fantasy implications. Brandon Ingram didn't have a particularly great game from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, 28 Overrated. fan points. Um, Rondo had a great game, 42 fantasy points. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he stays in that you know 30-ish range as, as long as uh, Alonzo Ball is out. I mean, he's definitely a guy that should have mm-hmm. been added by now in, in most leagues. Um yeah, I own yeah, Rondo almost had a triple-double himself. Three assists shy, 14 points, 13 boards. You know, James likes Rondo. I mean, oh, yeah. James must have lobbied for them to sign Rondo. They did it well after the James movement. He's going to get a ton of minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I think I remember watching a lot of the press conferences after after the dust kind of settled on the Lakers and LeBron and Rondo just, I mean, essentially talking about how excited they were to <laughs> play uh yeah. with someone else as smart as they are essentially um right. the, the logic made it says because it seemed like the logic was who's a point guard that's a worse shooter than lonzo ball well rondo's had some <laughs> yeah let's get him yeah i mean from a i think the you know even though they're not quote unquote a great basketball fit just the the basketball iq standpoint is just so high that you just assume they can make it work somehow and it seems like for the most part they are playing well together yeah absolutely um I would say from a fantasy standpoint, hopefully you already sold high on Ingram and Kuzma. Um, right. They're going to see a dip now that LeBron's back. But Rondo, Rondo, I'd be comfortable rolling out in season-long DFS, um, even with LeBron back. Another, yeah. funny, uh, another, another funny LeBron back stat, Kuzma, 23 minutes, zero rebounds. How do you do that as a power forward? I, I have no idea. Um, and three turnovers, two personal fouls. Um, but uh, the all-star reserves were named. So we have that list here. In the East, Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Victor Oladipo, uh, who's going to be replaced, um, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic. And in the West, we have Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook. So... Uh, who do you guys, I guess, either think will replace Oladipo or who do you want to replace Oladipo? The primary options being D'Angelo Russell and Jimmy Butler. And do you think there were any particular um, just glaring snubs, Luka Doncic, guys like that? I think the NBA goes with Russell as the Oladipo replacement. 
though. I always hear that um, the commissioner always goes with whoever the next person is in the coaches' votes. Do we know who's ninth in the coaching voting? I don't think I don't do. think that. Yeah, I don't think they released that. Um, I, it has to be Russell or Butler. Um, you know, a lot of folks had a lot of pundits had Butler um, in there. Anyways, over over Chris Middleton, I think Middleton was the most surprising name included on the Eastern yeah. Conference. Um, I actually, if I had a vote, I would have voted for Eric Bledsoe over over Middleton. Yeah. I do think the Bucks, as you know, the clear cut best team in the league at this point in the regular season, um, should have got more than one. You know, you got Giannis, sure. so they should have got a second guy in. Um, I'm just surprised that it was Middleton instead of Bledsoe because I think Bledsoe has been the better player this year. Yeah, Middleton's been in a little bit of a slump shooting the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone who plays fantasy and has him on their roster knows that. Or if you play him in daily fantasy, right. you know that you can, you can almost yeah. never get value on him anymore. You know, um, the coaches, the, you know, the coaches do not want to vote for Jimmy Butler and all the drama he caused right, this year. Right, you know, coaches are not raising the flag for Butler. I do think Bledsoe actually is the other guy to consider with Russell and Butler as far as an yeah. Oladipo replacement. Um, you'd think they would want to, you know, kind of uh, award, reward the Nets for their breakout and give it to Russell. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, you already have two two bucks, two sixers, so there's really yeah. no no reason to include Butler or Bledsoe. But usually the team with the best record in the league, you know, it's it's they get three or four guys in. So that's right. why I think Bledsoe might might be a surprise there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really comes down to Bledsoe and Middleton. Um, you know, I mean, Lo, I mean, Brooke Lopez has been in, incredibly valuable for the Bucks, but I don't, his numbers really aren't all star caliber. Even though what he does is he, insanely valuable. If he gets named, everyone's going to scream <clears throat> bloody murder that about his lack of rebounds. Yeah, that yeah. won't happen. Um, yeah. So the snubs. Do you guys think there was anyone who 100 percent deserved a guy in, or there should have been a really strong argument for over someone else? You can maybe say like Gobert should have gotten over. I don't know who Lamarcus Aldridge like. Well, that's the problem. The West is so stacked. Gobert and Doncic certainly had All Star first halves, but who do you who do you replace for them? You know, and Doncic would be just so much fun in the format. You know, he's going to play that crazy. He'll be throwing lobs from eighty feet out. You know, but I hate All Star games, so I don't even care. I see. I think I think the Spurs the Spurs were going to get one guy in. I actually am surprised that it was Aldridge over DeMar DeRozan. I I think you can argue DeMar DeRozan's having his best season ever um, this year, and he's been more important to the Spurs surge than than LaMarcus. You know, they're both they've both been really good. You know, but but I would I would have gave the edge to DeMar DeRozan. But but the problem is you're looking at guys. I mean, even Clay. I look at it and I say, yeah, Clay. Does Clay warrant a, a all star nod? I mean, yeah, he's averaging twenty one points per game, but he's also he's and he does play good defense, but he's also not playing nearly as well as he has in the past. And I think you have got, got when you've got guys like what's what's better? Clay hitting twenty one points, shooting a career low three point percentage, or DeMar averaging twenty one six and six, um, or Luca, you know, just the fact that Luca's the toast of the NBA. Right. Like I, I think Clay is somewhat overrated at this stage in his career. He's good. He's awesome. 
But, but your point about the best team, best record gets the extra guys is also in play here. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you could also make an argument that Westbrook shouldn't be in uh, just because he's, you know, like, <laughs> the percentages. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. so he's so inefficient. Um, but but you can't really ignore the triple double production either. So it's tough. Um, Let me ask you guys a question that'll transition well to our next topic. Isn't there a chance here that the Pelicans sit Davis for the rest of the year? But because his finger's fine, he actually plays in the All Star game. That's uh, the rumor, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, is it? I it is. I've I've heard. I, I don't know. I didn't read this, but someone told me that he wants to play in the All Star game. Um, again, this is not Why a connected he? Yeah, source. He's perfectly it's, healthy. Yeah. Someone, you know, someone said that they've read he wants to play in the All Star game, and if he doesn't get traded, he I don't think he plays again this season. Um, one, I don't, I don't expect him to be traded before the deadline. And should that happen, there's no way the Pelicans risk injury and play him. They're just going to sit him for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, that's a – I mean, just being able to sit your star player I – mean, just being able to sit a top five player to tank when he doesn't have an injury is – I don't. I was say, does, does the when NBA does the, office step in? But right. How do you step in? How do you make them play somebody? Well, they did it with Robin You're, Lopez last year in the Bulls. <laughs> with um, Robin Lopez. So, <laughs> it, I mean, it, there is precedent. It's possible that they do, but we've seen it before. The Suns have done it. They have did it with Bledsoe. They did it with Booker, where those guys, yeah, they, you basically yeah. exaggerate an injury. Um, with Davis, he, he does have an injury. He's injured right now. They could just say, hey, it's too risky. We can't have you come back. You're already injured. I don't. I don't know. Now, as a fantasy owner, if you own Davis, Ooh, what scary. what are you doing with him right now? Uh, I'm panicking, like fetal position in the corner. I'm not sure. Like you, maybe you know what, if, you're, if you're if you're if you're outside looking in, if you're a team that is on pace now to just not make the playoffs, good good gamble to go for, yeah, right? For him, like, yeah. You know, but that's the only situation I can kind of recommend him in. That's all I can recommend. I if I own him, I absolutely try to trade him. I trade him for pennies on the dollar. Um, yeah, I, because I am firmly in the belief that he doesn't play again this year. Um, once once the trade line passes, if he's still on the Pelicans, he has zero value today. He still has some value, so it's a question of what you can get in return. Yeah. Um, if you could get Tobias Harris top. Top 35 fantasy player this year. Top 25 fantasy player this year in a lot of formats. Yeah, if you could get it. Tobias Harris for Anthony Davis, would you do it today? In a heartbeat. In a like heartbeat. I would, yeah. I might want one other. I might want two players. I mean, that might be my caveat. Um, but It's, it's fun. Yeah. So this was the topic for Nick's roundtable this week, right? And I, always, and I answered right away before I saw Mark Stein's report about, uh, you know, he might sit for the rest of the season and all this. Uh, and then the Porzingis stuff explodes too. Anyway, uh, my answers are atrocious in the roundtables. I mean, this week. <laughs> all right. So my, my all right. What about like Miles Turner? Now you're looking at a guy who's forty, fifty ish ranked. Do you tr- you get the blocks back at least? Like at least you're salvaging some stats. That's exactly what I was going to say. I do yeah. that. You get the blocks back. Yeah. You, you probably need big numbers. So I would, you're not dealing them for a point guard, presumably. Right. Yeah. I would rather take two more mid-tier fantasy guys than one like i would rather take two miles turner ish miles turner and someone lower maybe like a 70 player than a tobias harris just because i think that's a better having a more balanced fantasy team can can really help out 
Yeah. And on the other end, if I'm trying to if I'm trying to acquire Anthony Davis because I'm out of the playoffs right now, looking in, I need to make a, a need to make an impact move. There's no way I can get in the playoffs unless I get Anthony Davis on the cheap and he gets traded and blows up. I don't know that I'm offering more than like Steven Adams if I'm in that situation. It's true. Yeah. 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 Very fair. Just a capable starter. I think I'd, take, I'd honestly re- seriously consider taking Steven Adams. Yeah. It's, t- it's a tough scenario for anyone who, who owns um, Davis, but I think you have to look at it. You have to look at it like that. You have to make a move before your next, next roster lock. You have to make a move before the deadline. Um, unless you just have the best team in the world and you think right. you can stomach uh, losing him. Um, one other thing we should mention about Anthony Davis is uh, Jaleel Okafor yeah. is the bomb. It's happening. Finally. <laughs> Um, it, it's happening from four feet in, but it's happening. Right. Um, yeah. It really, I mean, it's incredible. Everyone has been saying he was in the best shape of his life. Um, you know, th- this and that. No one ever, no one believed that. Like everyone's right. like, no, <laughs> like you're just, you know, he's vegan now. People are like, there's no way. Um, but he is, he is looking great. I don't know if you have the stats up, Shannon. I'll let I, you wrap I have off. the stats here in the past seven days. <laughs> you have he, them tattooed on you. He is uh, the 15th ranked player in, uh, Eight category leagues over the past week, he is averaging twenty one point seven, eleven point seven, and two blocks per game. That's really the blocks are the surprising part. Because he um, didn't get any blocks as a rookie, didn't he? Wasn't that an issue? Defense was always an issue, but he moves a lot better now. Um, laterally, he moves better. Vertically, he moves better. I mean, it, you can just tell. Just watch a ten minute highlight clip of one of his recent games, and he does look like a different player. Offensively, he's all he's always had it. Um, right. I remember. Watching a a game, uh, him against the Knicks, his rookie season, and he was the better offensive player. Like he looked way better than Porzingis that that game. Not sure. you know on the offensive end. That's it. Like he looked unstoppable that game. Um, but his percentages are through the roof: sixty-seven percent, ninety percent from the line. Uh, again, with my firm belief that Davis is never playing another game for the Pelicans. If Okafor is available in your league, which Yahoo, he's still out there in about 30% of leagues, it's probably going to be tough to pick him up. But if he happens to be available, you absolutely should scoop him up. Uh, I think he's going to hold decent value for the rest of the season because I expect the Pelicans to trade everyone else on their roster, not name Anthony Davis. He will get traded this summer. Right. And you know the numbers uh, Okafor is pugging up this season per 36 minutes are about the same as his rookie career about the same for his career, but he's doing it on essentially like 10% better shooting. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's having a great year. Mm. He's not, he's still under contract next year for like veterans minimum. Like they're just, is that a team option or pl- I thought that was, I, I wouldn't, was that a team option? I thought it was, I pretty sure it's a team the, option. I, f- I firmly believe if he, if he's on a horrible team, it's a they, team option for 1.7 million. If he's oh, on a perfect. horrible team next year where he's going he's locked into like 32 33 minutes per game, I think we'll see this production all next year as well. I don't I mean if if he's is he going to be in that role? I, it's highly doubtful. But I believe in the talent if he gets the minutes. He uh he's still only 23 years old. So that's always something we should keep in mind too with some rookies who come well, into the, the league. The classic example, high pedigree, just like the Nets with D'Angelo Russell. Why not try? They neither team had anything to lose. By taking right. a flyer on Okafor or Russell, like you know, uh, very often it's team situation, bad coaching, and immaturity 
for these guys being terrible. Let them grow up a little. Let them see what it's like to fail. And they come back hungrier and better coaches like Atkinson in, in Brooklyn turn things around. Right. I mean, he was Okafor was in a really, I mean, a, I, I perceive it as a stressful situation in, on the 76ers. With him and Noel were was there. The team was really bad. And Embiid hovering, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, it'd be tough for anybody to succeed um, in those conditions. I'm sure he came in cocky, though, expecting the world to be handed to him. Like, you know, but I'm sure two years of shame may be the best part of his workouts. Yeah. Um, but if... Uh, if you didn't get Jalil Okafor on your waiver wire, and if you have Anthony Davis on your team and not sure what to do with him, and things are stressing you out there, there is daily fantasy basketball. Um, we love DraftKings here at RotoWire, and we've partnered up with them to provide RotoWire six month memberships for free. So you go to rotowire.com/draftkings, you sign up for a new account, and make a ten dollar deposit or more money if you would like. And you'll get six-month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com, so not just basketball. Um, You'll get DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full-season draft software, and much more, all for those $10. You can take those $10, enter it into contests to potentially win more money. Go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Disclaimer, eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. Please see DraftKings.com for details. All right, so Tim Hardaway Jr. was traded to the to the Mavericks yesterday. Um, that's the key name. <laughs> that's the key name. Trey Burke also <laughs> in that deal. Um, Courtney Lee moves to the moves there too. But Chris Epps-Porzingis, I don't even know where to start with this. Well, we'll <laughs> I really don't. We're, we'll get everywhere. Um, I almost I almost passed out out of just sheer excitement, and then I realized, oh my god, the pods tomorrow! This is the best timing ever! Ah! And then I had to go like to a closet and breathe into a paper bag. <laughs> You're still there. You haven't left. Um, but so okay, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I guess starting from the most baseline level the mavericks now have chris daps porzingis who is 23 years old and luka Doncic, who is 19 years old i, I have t-shirts older than 19 years old right <laughs> i would imagine that the i mean the mavericks do this deal because they assume that they can convince porzingis to stay um they're gonna have to impress him yep. they're gonna have to impress him because there was a report immediately after the trade uh, per Shams uh, Sharania of The Athletic, that Przingis said that he will sign the qualifying offer this summer so to become an unrestricted free agent after the 2019-20 season. I've heard reporters like Zach Lowe, um, I think Brian Windhorst, call that, if he does that, I've heard them call that unprecedented. Like that would be how big of a deal it would be for Chris Stapps coming off this injury as good of a player as he is to sign the qualifying offer and risk the kind of money he could get as a restricted free agent. Of course, he says that now. He still has six months to fall in love with Dallas and sign a huge deal, right? Yeah, I would imagine. It it seems like I doubt he would do that before stepping on the court and actually playing under that coach, playing with Luka. Um, My my guess is he's going to enjoy the situation. The team is, is... is ran quite a bit differently than the Knicks and the dysfunction up there. <laughs> um, but to to sign a long-term extension with the team before you actually even play a single second of basketball with them seems unlikely to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with but, that. You, 
maybe I'm putting too much faith in this, but he doesn't just have fellow stars in Dallas. He has fellow European stars. I, I feel like that's got to have some some comfort and cachet value for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so I think... People are going to say, be the next Dirk about a 10 million times to him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> without question. Be the next Dirk except for an elite defensive version of the next Dirk. Right. Yeah, well... If you can stay healthy, there's a big if. There is a big if, which people haven't been talking about enough. That, he has missed 142 yes. games over four years, if, if you assume he doesn't come back this year. Left knee's actually hurt twice, and including the big torn ACL. He's had lower back problems. He admitted last, uh, he admitted two years ago that his shooting elbow had swelling, causing him problems. He missed games due to ankle issues. He played 72 games as a rookie, then 66 then 48, and presumably zero this year. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> no, and Achilles injuries are a big deal. Yeah. I mean, they, yep. used, they used to that essentially... Achilles ACL? ACL? Oh, I'm sorry. No, ACL. you're good. Yeah, but... He did so. have an Achilles soreness or something. That was his ankle issue. But yeah, the ACL is clearly worse. Yeah, I mean, I my only... I think, I mean, in general, ACLs aren't what they used to be. That doesn't mean it's, you know, you're fine. You're completely fine if you tear one and get it repaired. But, you know, um, we've seen DeMarcus Cousins just came back from a more serious injury with an Achilles tear. Yes. And look fine. And he probably looks better than he, you know, he probably looks great on Golden State. I'm not sure how good he would look if he had to actually, you know, be a, you know, a top two player on a team. But, you know, Jabari Parker's a guy who's torn his ACL twice in the same knee. He, you know, for as bad as he is defensively, he's a guy who still has the same bounce, um, still an elite athlete. But, yeah, I mean, trading for Przingis and and dealing Dennis Smith Jr. And the two, I mean, it really comes down, I think, to the two first-round picks they gave up for Przingis. Because if they Przingis... They wanted to get rid of Smith. They're right, they wanted to get, get rid of Smith. Rid of Smith. Doesn't even, that doesn't even matter. I mean, that, that was basically a dead asset anyway. Um, because they couldn't even get an offer that they liked for Smith, um, which I presume they were trying to get another point guard maybe i'm not really sure but um regardless the main issue is that if porzingis gets hurt again uh and the mavericks are not good in those years that they gave those picks up then they'll have uh they'll they won't have their picks and they might not have porzingis and then where are you're you're three four years down the road with luka Doncic who's going into restricted free agency and you're maybe still like a 30 win team. And then things start to get, get a little messy there. Um, I think that's the main concern. All right. So what we need to do, we need to really do a deep dive in the fantasy implications here. But first, Ken, I'm going to give you five minutes to rip the Knicks or, or three minutes to rip the Knicks, do whatever you need to do. Get it off. I'll do it less chest. than three, two minutes. I actually am not bashing the trade. But what I am bashing with the Knicks is just the terrible culture that results in no one wanting to play for the Knicks. That's the problem. They have the worst owner in the NBA. They have lost more games than any other team over the past 20 years. Why would KD and Kyrie want to play there? I suspect this trade turns into Tobias Harris, Nikola Vucevic, and two first-rounders for KP. That's a great trade. That's a pretty good trade. But getting a top name is delusional. If, if the Knicks are not good enough for Porzingis, why is it good enough for Durant? Porzingis knows a heck of a lot more about the Knicks than Durant. If I'm Durant, I trust him. I say, yeah, it probably is toxic. Everything says toxic, toxic, toxic. 
That's what's crazy. He's just assuming, oh, now the Knicks get Durant. That's the nuts part for me. Yeah, I mean, the the key to to this is how they handle the summer and free agency. If they land a couple big names, um, they'll look a little bit smarter. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, based on the conversation Porzingis had with the front office, I mean, it certainly seems like to me he basically gave them the middle finger and they're like, what What happens if you do that to your boss? If I went into Peter's office and said, hey, man, F you, you run this company a shitty way, what would happen to me? All right? Like, yeah, right. You get traded to Roto World. You get yeah. <laughs> we need some expiring contracts. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about before, but, before but, the pod. But let's, let's not act like, but, you know, he was accurate. Like, right. I believe I think they are run a shitty way. And so, yeah, I don't blame them for dealing them. It's a fine trade. But when you can choose any team in the NBA to play for, you're really going to work for James Dolan, Nolan? It's, yeah. you know, it's the it's New York. It's New York, Ken. Come on, everyone wants to go to New York, right? For the worst boss in the world, you're going to you're going to take that for for New York? Nah. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I wouldn't. I'd play for the Pistons. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right let, let's go let's go to the fam, fantasy implications sure. um right. on the Knicks side all right dennis smith jr a lot of hate there's a lot of hate for dennis smith jr you go on twitter i feel like every fantasy pundit i follow they all hate dennis smith jr right and, and they're all wrong dennis smith jr is an athletic freak and he's gonna blow up on the knicks he's gonna average like 23 points per game over how the many final. shot attempts i mean he's gotta be yeah. the top option right he's, he's gonna, gonna be huge for He's going to be great these last 30 games of the season. Um, you know, I, I think it, it means you can drop Moutier. I don't expect Moutier to do anything. But Dennis Smith is the clear-cut winner in this fantasy trade. Uh, he's going to have ridiculous value. He looked great the final three games before the trade. I mean, he's coming off a triple-double. Uh, I love Dennis Smith Jr. in New York. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people I've seen compare Dennis Smith Jr. to D'Angelo Russell from a prospect fantasy, yeah. from a prospect perspective. Well, that means he's. We know how much you love D'Angelo. That means he's elite, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is that this is the blueprint for guys shaded loves. Um, I I agree though. Like I I think I mean, as much as you know, things kind of clash between Dan or uh, Dennis Smith. And Luka Doncic earlier in the year, and as you know, it wasn't a great rookie year for Dennis Smith Jr. He's looked great over the past three or four games, and I think what we, I, it will be exciting to see him kind of take the reins um, in New York because he won't have a coach as well. I don't want to say overbearing as Carlisle because Fizdale's kind of a enigma himself, but um, I think he'll. I mean, Fizdale is is the captain of the tank, so I. I I don't think, you know, I don't think him playing Dennis Smith Jr. 35 minutes a night and letting Dennis Smith handle the offense is going to ruin that entirely, especially no, when no. the chance, especially, especially when chances are. Uh, DeAndre, don't you think PR wise, the Knicks really want Smith to look good, too? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, yes. they know that hell they got yes. some pretty they got a pretty angry fan base right now. But Smith throws up a few triple doubles or at least, uh, you know, a few 27 and six games. They're gonna. The pressure will be off a little. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay. Other than Smith, though, right, we we've, they've got two other players coming back in the trade: DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews. Right. Will either of those guys even play a game for the Knicks? I, they, can they retrade them? What are the trade rules? I believe you can. I believe you can flip either one of them. 
I also believe. So I think that's the first step is the Knicks are going to try. I, if the, if any the, assets at all, you right, can get right. For those anything guys at all. Them. If these two guys play more than like two games for the Knicks, I will be amazed. Um, but then the trade rules would incl- imply you have to get a lot of salary back. So you're just kind of dealing them for it, other expiring. Yeah, it would be expiring. Exactly. I mean, like a, there are teams out there that have expiring contracts that can match one for one for either one of those players um, that are competing for the playoffs. And, and these guys would be good rotational pieces or good starters in some case. Uh, I think they absolutely try to flip them for other assets. If they can't do that, I would assume both players get bought out because you are in full tank mode. Why would you Why would you want to play these guys and potentially win a couple extra games? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of teams that DeAndre could go to. I mean, I, the Clippers. You could go Clipper, back. The yeah. Rockets would love math. The Rockets would love Matthews. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I still think the Lakers are a great fit for DeAndre Jordan. I get that they have a bunch of centers, uh, but he would be the best center if they traded him. I agree. Brooklyn is an option for for DeAndre as well. Um, yeah, I uh, Charlotte. I mean, there's a, there's going to be a lot of teams who would take a year, you know, of of DeAndre Jordan to try to cement themselves as a as a playoff team. But I mean, I my concern would be that um, DeAndre Jordan. I'm not sure where DeAndre Jordan goes, and if he goes somewhere, like let's say he goes to the Lakers, does that guarantee him 30 minutes a night? Is he playing 25 minutes a night now? I mean, is 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 there any chance DeAndre Jordan? is going to become a better fantasy player after this or is it almost a guarantee that he's a worse fantasy asset now well he you I mean he had the nice advantage of not really having to compete with a power forward for rebounds in dallas i don't see how his even i just don't see a scenario where his rebound numbers stay as high as they were in dallas wherever he goes right no, yeah, I don't think his value be as high as it was in Dallas. I think he could certainly still have decent value. Um, he's the type of guy who, even if he's playing 25, 28 minutes a game, you know, he's double-double guy and can still get a block per game. So, DFS-wise, he is not playing tonight, by the way. It's been confirmed yeah, he's not okay. playing tonight. But if you own either of these guys, if you're in a league deep enough to own Matthews, um, if you're in a league that – if you have DeAndre Jordan, um, you hold them until – you find out. I don't think you dump them right now. Maybe in shallower leagues, you know, eight team leagues where you have great free agents out there, you do. But right now, I hold them for the next week or, or ten days, whatever it may be, to see what how this plays out. Right. Um, now, okay. So other than now, the existing players who are already on the Knicks roster, uh, who who are you guys looking at? Who's gonna who are gonna see an increase in value? Well, I'll tell you, tonight I'm looking at Kadeem Allen because he's the only guard, he's the only point guard on the roster for tonight's matchup. Um, I'm cheating. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I uh, I think Luke Cornett's fine. I I initially panicked about Cornett because I was worried DeAndre would actually play for the Knicks, and then I thought about chances that he gets bought out or traded are pretty high. So I'm not worried about Cornett. I think this does. Uh, I, this I think this puts Alonzo Trier in a really good situation. Yes, he is their only other. Yeah, he's really their only other shooting guard. That is, I mean, Dotson every once in a while pops off, but you start looking at game logs. I'm um, sure he's really going to miss Hardaway, too, because they had a real budding friendship. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Trier's a guy who... They refute. <laughs> Trier's a guy, maybe I, you pick him up in 12-team leagues. Yeah, like yeah. You could maybe even start him this week. I mean, it'd be, it's a little risky to start him, but... Starting him tonight, I'll tell you what, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's the guy I'm targeting, too. I think, like you said, I mean... 
Courtney Lee wasn't really playing, but the the Knicks just traded two of their shooting guards. And now you, yeah, have, you have Trier and Dotson, basically. And Trier can actually play some point, too. Like, I expect him to play, play a lot of points. Trier's a guy you hope to build on. They've signed him a multi-year deal, right? Yeah. He's a guy you want to give a lot of minutes to in a <clears throat> tanking season to see what you got. Yeah, so he he's the big one, I think. Um, I think Vonley's going to be fine. Vonley's going to be fine um, as as long as Jordan goes away. If Jordan stays, then yeah, that's a little bit murkier. Uh, but I, I'm holding on to all assets that I have right now on the team. Moutier, I'm comfortable actually cutting bait with Moutier, um, just because with Dennis Smith, I don't I don't see how they're going to play him. Maybe they play Dennis Smith at two a little bit. That's a possibility, but I. I don't understand. I, I wouldn't understand it if they played Moutier and Smith together. Um, so with a lot of these guys, you know, Moutier cut bait with everyone else, Cornette, Trier, if you're still stashing Cantor, you might as well keep them stashed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Vonley, I hold on to. Um, now on the Mav side, what, what's, how are we, how does this work it's out? It's got to hurt. It's got to hurt Hardaway's value, right? Like, he can't possibly get as many shot attempts as he was getting with the Knicks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe his, his possible. I mean, his shooting percentage might go up. I mean, his shooting percentage is what's been driving down his, his fantasy value for a while is because he'll go on these stretches where he shoots like 39% from the field. He's just chucking shots up left and right. Um, so, if anything, I mean, maybe, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. playing on a team with some structure you know, with a point guard that, that can feed him the ball when he's in a good position to, to score will help his fantasy value. Um, I, my, I think he'll get worse from a daily perspective because yes. I think his raw numbers will go down. But maybe in a I – I think it maybe just plateaus his value. I'm not too worried about if I have a Tim Hardaway Jr. stock. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not going to be averaging 20 points per game or anything crazy like that for, for the Mavs. Um, but you're right. His efficiencies could go up. And really, that's been the one thing. I mean, he's shooting 39% this year um, after 42 and 45 the past two years. So if he sees a bump in his efficiencies, that would be decent for his overall value. Even if he drops from 19 points per game to 15, there's still going to be value there. Um, Do we finally see some breakout value from Dwight Powell? No. No, yeah. I, I'm going to be the one. This this is another guy. There are two things that every fantasy pundit on Twitter has been talking about on the Mavs side. or Well, just in general for this trade. One, Dennis Smith sucks. And two, Dwight Powell is the second coming. We, Dwight Powell is 27 damn 27. years old. 27. I just say that. I, I saw <laughs> plenty of saying, opportunities. Yeah, I saw pundits saying, oh, he's young and has upside. <laughs> the dude's been in the league since like the 1980s. Everyone. He's younger than Dirk. He's Every, younger than Dirk. He is younger than Dirk, barely. Everyone <laughs> has been talking about how Dwight Powell is going to break out every single year since he's joined the NBA. Every time there's an injury to the Mavs front court, ooh, Dwight Powell is going to break out. Dude started, he's started 29 games in his career. He averages 11 points, 7 rebounds, and half a block in those 29 starts. 25 of them came last year, so I'm not even talking about three, four years ago when he was younger and had upside. I'm talking about recent past. He had 25 starts, didn't do, didn't do a damn thing with him. So no, I don't. Is Dwight Powell okay for 12 team, 14 team value? Yes, but if I'm in a shallow, like I've seen a lot of pundits say, pick him up in all leagues. That's not true. Eight team, 10 team leagues. I don't think he holds that much value. We saw it last night. He only played like 25 minutes. He had like 25 fantasy points. That's what you should expect from from Dwight Powell. He's a he'll be a little bit better than what he was, but he's not going to break out. 
Yeah, that, want, that's my favorite Shannon right there. My <laughs> the riled up Shannon is my favorite Shannon. Um, yeah, I did. We we should touch on like because the Mavericks played last night. Um, what their second rotation ended up being, Carlisle started Salah Mejri, who played 19 minutes, uh, went two of five from the field for four points, nine rebounds, and two blocks. Maxi Kleba also started, played 29 minutes. He took three shots. He had three <laughs> field goal attempts in 29 minutes, four <laughs> points, eight rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And then uh, Dwight Powell comes off the bench, uh, 24 well, minutes. I, I, asked, I asked the Powell question. I'm sorry to cut you off. I asked the Powell question because I actually think Barnes is the guy who is going to fall into more value here. One, he's been getting gradually healthier throughout the season. Two... He suddenly gets those cheap rebounds he was getting with these bad Powell Kleber uh, front courts that he got in the past years. I'm, I'm, I, I forgot. I get to Barnes's. I'm, I'm, Barnes's rebounds last year were pretty solid. Yeah, he's a he's a solid rebounder, but I I just don't know how they're going to go. I mean, Doncic himself's a good rebounder, so maybe Doncic gets more rebounds. That's I think it might too. be more of a team effort. Yeah, Bar- Barnes averaged six point one rebounds last year. He's down to four point two this season. He he played thirty nine minutes, which might be a season high uh, last night, and grabbed seven yeah. grabbed seven boards. So I hear you, Ken. I I and he he also took this. Luca didn't play last night. He took twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he took twenty four shots last night. Um, don't expect. <laughs> but no that. no Smith no Luca right? right. So, I mean it was part of a oh my gosh we have there's I mean Brunson started Finney Smith started you know they needed you didn't have a choice but to put up those twenty four which is funny. Yeah, and, and and it should be noted, you know, they played, they played against Andre Drummond. They played against like a true center last night. Um, so true. the the starting lineup, the rotation might be different when they play against smaller teams don't, that don't have that true center. So you know, Dwight Powell could certainly start if you're playing against teams that don't have a big man like Drummond. And yeah. if that happens, it bu- bumps up his value a little bit. I still think he it'll be tough for him to crack eight or ten team league value. Yeah. So, gentlemen, I, I'm going to veer us off topic a little just because my phone keeps lighting up with this news. So I guess the quote in the last 24 hours from Kyrie Irving, as he was asked about, you know, there's all these rumors now that maybe he's an option. The quote that's circulating from Irving is, quote, I don't owe anyone SH apostrophe T uh, until July 1st, uh, which is certainly not nearly as good as when he said uh, heading into the season to a full um, Boston Garden crowd, uh, if you'll have me, I'm coming back. Um, so even I, a uh, big Celtics fan, have right. to admit the door is at least more open for Irving to possibly leave. I still think he's just doing this to rile his teammates and try to get them to rally. But uh, the door is certainly open for Kyrie to go somewhere. I don't think it means he's going to the Knicks, but the door is open for him to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I was actually going to bring this up, so thank you for doing so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been weird with Kyrie Irving uh, lately, just with the amount that he's, I want to say, thrown his teammates under the bus, but has been very critical. I could, okay, I'll say that. Kyrie's been throwing his teammates under the bus, people. <laughs> he's leaving. Yeah, um, the young ones. Yeah, right. We'll see, but, yeah. yeah, it seems like he's trying to, if, if anything— and, this to me, the whole situation feels like he's trying to pressure Boston into getting rid of these young assets to bring in 
someone else essentially of his caliber or he's going to leave because he can find someone else like that in free agency i think his his saga is okay we, we boston theoretically has the best like core of assets in the league and they're not doing anything with it right now like it's just it's right. still just Kyrie and a bunch of young guys so I think his thought he's trying to pressure the organization. Well, and Hayward not playing well. Oh, Hayward yeah, I mean playing. Hayward not playing well is a huge is a is a huge part of that. But even still, you would imagine that they would try to get a third guy. You know, Kyrie's going to leave. I'm comfortable saying that. Oh, uh, he is going to leave. You know why? Because that dude is a jerk. He, he can't be trusted. <laughs> he thinks the world is flat. Earth is flat. Like he, I knew that was coming. <laughs> he is a he he just comes across as a very untrustful person, in my opinion. Um, I do think he leaves. Um, Untrust but, is an awkward word, but maybe accurate here. Yeah. Maybe like, accurate. I'm in, I'm in the yeah. boat that the Celtics should trade Kyrie today and then trade for Anthony Davis tomorrow. Well, Davis also, with another quote, saying he really doesn't want to go to Boston. Uh, that news breaking now as well, which is probably, frankly, very clear and why he's trying to pressure a trade now when he knows Boston can't do it versus having the Pelicans wait till the summer. Yeah. Um a lot is a lot is happening. We better get to our DraftKings lineups. We do we could talk about this trade for another four hours. That's very true. Um we may have to have a remote bar session where you two go to you know go to Bucky's and I call you from a different bar here in Vermont <laughs> talk about this for five, six hours. Right. Um yeah Pretty I think recording equipment. <laughs> 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 um but <laughs> getting to our draft kings lineups i uh i should i'm just gonna kick things off uh by saying that chris paul is questionable and as a result of chris paul coming back and hargan's usage going down hargan's price is a little deflated and so if chris paul is out uh, i think i think you know what to do um <laughs> <laughs> hargan at twelve thousand nine hundred on draft kings um definitely an option I mean, he's gone for 70 fantasy points at least in the past two games so i mean it's not like he's been a complete dud but um i think i think that kind of locks him in against denver um which from a from an over under perspective is is it's at 227 right now so um hargan against the nuggets i know it's a it's a high salaried pick it's not some crazy value play but um you know he's he's been a case where there's a long stretch of the season where you needed him in your lineup. And so that might be the case again tonight. Agreed. Agreed. Can I uh, throw out, I, I, I'm going to give you two for one. Sure. Morris and Morris. Uh, Monte Morris is going to start at Denver. It's only 5,100. Murray is out for tonight's game. Uh, so, and then I like Marcus Morris a lot. He's only 5,300 and I smell a blowout uh, in New York and Boston wants to get Al Horford as much rest as possible. Uh, Baines still coming back from the hand issue. I think Morris is going to see some Marcus Morris. We'll see some crazy minutes tonight uh, for Boston, and he's never shy about shooting. I like the Monte Morris uh, suggestion. I'm with you on that. He was one of the first guys I plugged into my lineup for DraftKings tonight. Um, <laughs> 5,100. 5,100, right? I'm, Nothing. Yeah, it's good. I'm mining that Knicks um, – that uh -huh. limited Knicks mm -hmm. talent. It's like it's like we saw mm -hmm. with Dallas last night. The Knicks are going to be extremely shorthanded. Um, it doesn't. I don't even think you can pick. I don't. I think like DeAndre Jordan and Dennis Smith might be listed on Dallas still. I forget. Um, maybe they're available. Um, 
But, but we, give him Alonzo's price there, Shannon. Okay, Smith Smith Jr. Alonzo Alonzo Trier is at uh, fifty four hundred. Fifty four hundred. So not cheap, but he should get ton of minutes, ton of usage. Um, it depends. I mean, we need to see if Dennis Smith is playing tonight. Oh, here you go. Here's the update. Just hit. Dennis Smith will not play in Friday's game okay. against Celtics. Kadeem Allen. Revenge game for Kadeem Allen, baby. Moody is out. <laughs> Frankie Smokes is out. You have everyone out for the Knicks. Frankie you know? Smokes is terrible. By the way, we didn't mention how terrible Frankie Smokes Just a forgotten. Knicks, of course, a nice trivia with this trade. Could have drafted Dennis Smith instead of Frankie Smokes. Yep, yep. So, I mean, Vonley, Knox, Trier, like them all. Um I actually, you don't like Kadeem Allen? No, You're not Kadeem, in on 3,300 for Allen? Maybe. I need to see what the rotation, if there's any news that comes out, and see if Kadeem Allen is starting. Um, I need more details before I before I jump on that. But, yeah, he certainly is one of the options to consider. Um, I like uh, John Collins. He's going against Utah. Um, depressed price because of it. He's at 7,400. Um, you love Collins. You well, no, love Collins. The thing is, Utah... I mean, against Utah's actually bad against opposing power forwards. They're like 25th. They give up the 25th most amount of points against uh, opposing power forwards. So it's not a horrible play. Um, Winslow, Justice Winslow, decent price, 5,800. Um, he's he's coming off some big games. He had a 41-point game earlier this week, 32 points. There's inconsistency there, but when he's under 6,000, I think he's in play. Um, and I'm with Alex, uh, Harden, if, if Paul sits, which we'll, we'll have to wait on. If Paul sits, I, I like, I like Harden. If Paul plays, I, I will avoid Harden. I, I think it's going to be hard to avoid Harden because, um, with the New York situation, there's going to be so much value opening up that you're going to be able to fit a bunch of super low price guys in your lineup and be able to pay up for Harden. Um, as far as Kadeem Allen goes, I'm looking at his game logs, which is two games this year. Um, he's averaging about a fantasy point per minute, like just under. So if you think he's going to get 30 minutes, you could maybe lock him in for 10 times value. I don't know if it's going to happen because that's very much up in the air. He's also got – he's kind of in some foul trouble. He's got six oh, fouls. Oh, he's terrible. The, yeah, six fouls. Don't get me wrong. That. As a player, he's terrible. Yes. It's all just about crazy minutes in the 33. You want Harden, 3,300 looks pretty good. It does. Um, and yeah, this is a nice, it's it's kind of a, I'm, I think I'm used to Fridays being a bigger slate. This is a nice little five game kind of compact slate. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some injuries that you definitely have to keep an eye on. Both Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson are questionable. Um, and if, I mean, they already, I mean, they already you have want, a, you, you want pieces of that explosive Memphis offense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, with the, with the over under that's at two Oh four right now. <laughs> Um, and and fo- yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, maybe some value opens up there. Gasol could get traded to Utah this afternoon. Who knows? He could. That's the big rumor as well nowadays. Um, I think J. Michael Green's in play if if that yeah, if that goes down. If, yeah. if Jaron yeah. Jackson sits, uh, J. Michael Green is is super cheap and worth a play. Um, Shelvin Max also he exists. Um, could be a <laughs> could be a, could be a good flyer. Um, he's had some solid games in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, there's just, this is one of those slates that's going to, you can tell it's, I, it feels like it's going to be weird uh, with Harris, you know, Gary Harris questionable, Paul, just the variety of things that's going like on. Who do you guys like at center? The, who do you guys like at center tonight? Um, I'm Vonley. I'm, because again, I'm going yeah. Knicks heavy. 
Uh, Vonley, Vonley's definitely a good call. Um, I think, I mean, if if you're trying to pivot a little bit, maybe Paul Millsap. He's only Doesn't 5, Vonley still have to? But Vonley's still got to compete with Cantor and uh, and. Uh, there's risk, yeah, yeah, no, there's risk. Uh, for minutes. Robinson, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, and the thing Robinson, about the Knicks, right, other than Allen, other than Kadeem Allen, I mean, Trier, Knox, uh, Vonley. This is just my initial lineup. I've got those three. Th- none of them are cheap. I mean, Vonley's six thousand. Knox is fifty-seven. Trier's fifty-four. So they're not cheap. I just think, I think we're going to have a shorthanded Knicks team, and the top six or seven guys are all going to have decent lines. Right. Um I yeah, I if you know, if Jaron Jackson's out and that that opens the possibility, like I said, for Jim Michael Green, but um Joe Kim Noah is like thirty three hundred, can occasionally go off for twenty something. He might get more run if if that's the case. Won't it be my favorite pick, but it's like the first time in two years at least that Noah's been been recommended as a DFS. Yeah, player. I mean it might not be horrible. <laughs> um but Paul Millsap just played thirty minutes. Uh, for the first time since uh, January 8th. So um, I assume he's almost completely healthy at this point. Um, Shannon, I think I know where you stand on this. At small forward, would you rather play Winslow at 5,800 or Jason Tatum at 5,800? Kyrie's coming back tonight, right? Um, I I, I like Winslow more Um, just because even, you know, inconsistency from Tatum – it's there with Winslow too, but I just think oh, it's tough. And if it's a You're blowout. right; it is going to be a blowout. It absolutely is going to be a blowout. So, I, yeah, so I, I like Winslow. I like Winslow more. Half and sits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very, very. Yeah. I would. I would have to agree. Um, yeah, Winslow's going up obviously against a really tough Oklahoma City Thunder defense, but I mean he's got a lot of steel upside. Can get some blocks. Um, you know his his potential. I mean, he's just he's a more well-rounded fantasy asset just as far as rebounds, assists, steals. Like he doesn't need the points to where, you know, if I'm playing Jason Tatum, <clears throat> I'm kind of assuming he's going for 20, 20 22 points um, because his assists are going to be like you know one um, rebounds might be in you know four, five, yeah. six area. Steals, blocks are kind of spotty. Solid shot blocker actually, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it. Um. I mean, is that is that it for everyone? Hang yeah, on, let's, let's go on, chest. Ken. Ken, what do you have to get off your chest? <sighs> I feel like I've been an angry man the whole the whole pod, but uh, sneakers, ah, sneakers. When did it become okay to wear five neon color shoes in the NBA? And why do I have to see kicks power rankings on ESPN and other websites? In my day, there was one shoe: leather Converse high tops. They were good enough for Larry Bird, Magic, and Bernard King, and they were good enough for me. They got them in white with the logo either in gray or your school color. That's it. No cartoons. No multi-rainbow explosions. No look at me, look at me drama. When did Americans get so freaking lazy we need self-tying shoes? Next, we'll have self-serving foods where we just lie on our back while the fat is shoveled down us by a robot. Come on, NBA. Enforce a boring sneakers rule and end this madness. Eh. Ken, you're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I actually, when I played on my middle school team, I wore high top chucks and I got teased by everyone who was on the team. 
Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't even remember what was the name of the Larry Bird Magic Johnson Converse. They weren't Chucks. They were like, they had a name. I'll have to look that up. Do that. All right. I'll look that up for the article post. Mispronounced names. Anyone? I don't think so. I did good. I didn't, you know, the the guy who started at center for the Mavs last night, I just avoided saying his name. Yeah. I did the same thing. When Shannon said it, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Um, okay. So thank you everybody uh, for joining on the, us on this long winded, uh, Rotowire fantasy basketball <laughs> podcast. I mean, I feel, <clears throat> I feel like it was necessarily long winded. Um, oh, and hopefully either they owe us a thank you or we owe the fans an apology. Well, I can't, I can't figure out which, right. Yeah. We can just shake hands and, and we can say sorry and they can say thank you. Um, <laughs> but hopefully we, we were able to provide you with some, uh, insightful fantasy advice. Um, but Ken, uh, you do, you do like to end this podcast with a quote. Yes, for today's out quote, we're going to go to ESPN and just to last Saturday's game where uh, it was the Celtics. I forget who they were playing, but Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were both doing color commentary, and Van Gundy went on one of his great old man rants, which I loved. Van Gundy said, "Seriously, there has to be a ban on jersey exchanges right after the game." Langston Galloway and DJ Augustine, no. And Mark Jackson's laughing uh, while the play-by-play is going. He goes, hold on. Those guys didn't exchange jerseys. And Ben Gundy goes, yes, they did. I saw it. It's got to be banned. (laughs) I'll put the YouTube clip up on the podcast episode. Uh, Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.